This video is brought to you by Devout Decals, makers of reusable Catholic art for your home altar, your bedroom, and your home classroom. There have been some very strange claims made at the Synod of Sin and by delegates speaking to the media outside of the Synod, but we have a doozy of one of those for you today. The Synod started its next internal phase of its meeting by shifting over to the topic of women in the church. And that discussion was as nightmarish as you probably would expect. A lot of information has leaked from the discussions because while transcripts aren't being given out, nor are recordings, plenty of the participants are telling people what they talked about, and media are in the room taking pictures. So much for their intention of protecting all of this under the shroud of the pontifical secret. This entire discussion hinges on something pretty strange, that St. Paul, despite what he said in some of his letters, actually himself attended something they're calling a women-led non-ritual worship event, and he did so himself, that he attended and was somehow supportive of it. That's a doozy of a claim, but no bearing in history. So folks, let's just jump right into it. Headline from the Catholic News Agency. Synod on a synodality, Italian nun claims St. Paul attended non-ritual female liturgy. So here's a basic tip when reading a news article. If the headline uses a word like claims, then you can tell that even a news agency that tries to be measured and unbiased doesn't actually believe the nonsense that they're reporting. Like in this case here, it's pretty obvious that the modernists are now just making their history up as they go along. One of the odd things about this is that the nun making the claim isn't one who's wearing a modern woman's business suit either. She actually looks like a nun. Too bad she doesn't actually believe like a nun, too. From the article, quote, An Italian religious sister told the Synod on Synodality Assembly Friday that St. Paul attended, quote, a rich non-ritual female liturgy, ahead of Synod discussion of women's inclusion in the church. Mother Maria Grazia Angelini gave an exegesis of the New Testament for Synod delegates during the General Congregation on October 13th, in which she claimed that St. Paul, quote, inserted himself into a non-ritual female liturgy when he arrived in the city of Philippi in Macedonia. Speaking to hundreds of synod participants in Paul VI Hall, Angelini described how, quote, Paul was welcomed by a liturgy outside the ritual, among women, in the open air, she said. The apostle did not start, as was his custom in the temple. He inserted himself into a, quote, non-ritual female liturgy, breaking into it with the word of the gospel. Angelini's speech referred to a historical event recorded in chapter 16 of the Acts of the Apostles, which states, quoting the Bible, On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate along the river, where we thought there would be a place of prayer. We sat and spoke with the women who had gathered there. See Acts chapter 16, verse 13. The scripture goes on to describe how one of the women named Lydia listened and, quote, And the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what Paul was saying and she was baptized along with her household. See Acts chapter 16, verse 14 to 15. The biblical text does not make any mention of any sort of a liturgy. The sisters' exegesis of the Acts of the Apostles was part of a larger speech on, quote, the cry of women throughout the New Testament. She argued that the contribution of women, quote, unceasingly fuels the spiritual dynamism of reform. Angelini is one of two, quote, spiritual assistants who helped to lead the meditations for the retreat in the prayers throughout the Synod Assembly this month, along with Father Timothy Radcliffe. End quote. 
you know, we often say that Protestants read a lot into Scripture, reading, finding things there that aren't there at all. Here's a case of a Catholic who should know better than to be doing the same thing. There's no reason to debunk her claim because it's nonsense on stilts. The problem is many of the synod delegates smiled and nodded in agreement with her because you know they did, thinking it was the most insightful thing they'd heard in a long time. Those prelates are the ones that I worry about. Most people watching or listening to a podcast like this one won't be duped by silly claims like the one that none made, but many delegates or prelates in the church will. And that's a sad fact that shows us the state of the church at the present moment. Which brings me to this. Edward Penton, a Catholic journalist with EWTN's print arm, the National Catholic Register, shared these images from the Synod on Twitter. The Vatican isn't sharing who the individual members of each discussion table are at this meeting, nor are they revealing too much about what was said, not through official channels anyway, but Mr. Penton does give us this bit of information, which lines up perfectly with the nonsense that none let out. Quote, the hashtag Synod on Synodality is currently discussing, quote, the question of women's inclusion in the diaconate and whether it is, quote, possible to envisage this and in what way. Of note is that two small groups, 30 and 31, pictured, have proportionally higher number of women compared to other tables, with table 30 seating fervent Swiss pro-women's ordination proponent Helena Jepson and heterodox Cardinal McElroy of San Diego. Last photo shows Cardinal Gerhard Mueller seated with Cardinal Matteo Zuppi and Jesuit Father Antonio Spadaro S.J. All images from this morning's prayer in the Synod Hall. End quote. He then goes on to show the pictures that I already showed you in this, which for those not able to see them because you're listening on Spotify or driving while watching this, the pictures show cardinals, bishops, nuns, and yes, laity discussing the issues as co-equals at tables. And while we are assured that the Synod of Sin isn't going to be a moment of democratization in the Catholic Church, this is exactly what democratization of the Catholic Church looks like in practice. It's worth reminding ourselves that Christ established a church with a hierarchy, not some talking club where issues are sorted out through synodal listening sessions guided by something pretending to be the Holy Spirit. This week's discussion topic was launched by Cardinal Jean-Claude Hollerich, after Cardinal Roach, you know, he who helped bury the traditional Latin Mass for the most part, gave an address quoting John Twenty-Third quite a lot, which was a signal that the Synod was continuing the work of Vatican II. And all the members there from James Martin and that bizarro nun on one side to Cardinal Mueller on the other are all very devoted to the revolution of the Church that Vatican II actually brought into practice. Hollerich's launching of this week's synod was described by modernist Catholic journalist Christopher Lamb on Twitter in this way, quote, Cardinal Jean-Claude Hollerich introduces the next phase of the synod discussions on co-responsibility and mission, which will focus on the role of women, including the question of female deacons. Men and women receive the same baptism in the same spirit. I, meaning Cardinal Hollerich, have never read anywhere that the baptism of women would be inferior to the baptism of men. How can we ensure that women feel they are an integral part of this missionary church? End quote. So that ties in directly to what that nun was blathering on about. There is no need to be rooted in facts or history or tradition or the faith when we're just dressing everything up in the language of justice. By justice, we mean secular, social ideas about justice, not Catholic ones. 
need proof of this, another journalist, Mr. Michael Haynes of LifeSite News, asked one synod delegate a basic question. Here's the transcript of how that brief exchange went. And I thank everybody from LifeSite News for, when you, when you ask these hard questions, giving us a transcript. So here it is. So Mr. Haynes asks, My question is to Dr. Ruffini, but also to his eminence. It ties into what you mentioned about the discussion of the small circles, but also to a comment Cardinal Hollerick made on Monday about extending, quote, communion. Given how the synod process has had the listening and dialogue with Catholics and non-Catholics from the very beginning, Pope Francis had that phrase in the preparatory documents, is there a promise or some commitment which the synod members have had to make at the start of the process to adhere to Catholic teaching during their discussions? To which Cardinal LaCroix answers, The object of the synod, as you know, is not to address doctrinal aspects, but to look at our attitudes and way of discerning, to learn to journey together, and once we go home we can face all these issues. There have been synods on so many different themes. This is on journeying together. So even though we speak about our own experiences, in fact it is not a matter of addressing specific topics. Not because they are not important, of course, there are themes that are very important and very topical, but what we want to do in this synod is to learn to journey together and to listen, to discern together. The Holy Father has thought it fit to have this synod last not just a few months, but from 2021 to 2024. So next year we are going to make a comeback. Between the two general assemblies, we are going to try and make sure that this way of living the church may become rooted in our way of being. In this way, we will be able to fix the great issues having at our disposals more tools, so to speak. Well, of course, we could exchange ideas, but not just our ideas are important, not just those of others are important. What is important is for these ideas to make the object of common discernment, even though we are speaking about very concrete realities. The exercise we do, the conversation in the spirit, the praying, all this prepares us so we mustn't expect changes at doctrinal levels. This is not a doctrinal synod. Of course, there will be suggestions that will be proposed to the Holy Father, and he will how discern how to continue. And if you understood any of that, that word salad, then you understood that really what they're saying is nothing doctrinal, nothing faith-related is actually important here, but listening and dialogue. That is their religion now. You notice how there's no need to maintain the truth of the faith. The actual Catholic faith is not taking part in this synod. Elsewhere, it was admitted that the bishops are putting aside their teaching offices for the synod. Can they even do that? I don't think they can, but they're going to try to do so anyway. Imagine this scenario. You've got a school teacher who puts aside her teaching credentials and her teaching office and authority and lets kindergartners tell her what they think kindergarten should be like and all about, and you begin to see the danger and the stupidity of what's going on especially if that teacher in any way takes the kids' suggestions seriously. That's where we're at with the Synod, except far worse because at least in the school example, the teacher taking the kids' suggestions seriously probably isn't going to factor into the salvation of billions of souls. Whereas these prelates pretending to no longer be bishops for the meetings certainly are playing with the salvations of souls and doing so on a grand scale. Also that a few people can feel better about themselves because their understanding of critical issues has been twisted by the secular world and by its norms and, yes, by its religion, which is the religion of worshipping the self. It is man-centered. They've admitted this. So 
What do you think about this? Are you surprised by this turn of events that they would literally just make up events in, this, in, in the Bible, that they would take a couple of lines from the book of Acts of the Apostles that are really clearly just demonstrating that St. Paul found a gathering of women praying and then turn it into something it was not and then try to use that to catapult a new discussion into creating their heterodox office that they're trying to do. That they're trying to force open the door, even though it was closed once and for all by John Paul II back in the 1990s. Even Francis admitted that that was the case. But are you surprised they're trying to force this anyway? Let me know what you think of this in the comments, please. And like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. So to sharing this on social media, that helps too. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.